This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, and generally my co-host is Dr. Heidi Horsley, my daughter, but Heidi's on a plane flying back to New York because uh, we've been recording some public access television for on grief, loss, hope, and healing, and we hope that you will go to our website, Open to Hope, uh, dot com and watch some of the shows. So when you get to the front page, you'll see uh, Open to Hope Television, and you will be able to watch some of the fabulous shows we've been doing with some absolutely great guests. And we're happy to say that in April, we will probably, um, we're not sure of the date because they're going digital, we'll be doing public access television in New York City, which we're very excited about. So we hope you'll go and find it. I just wanted to talk a little bit before we get, uh, I introduce our guest about something that happened to me recently, and, and maybe this will be something that you can pick up on, and I'm sure um, our guest, uh, uh, Gary Stokes, and I will uh, be talking about it a bit. But I went to a friend's birthday party, and my friend Barbara is quite a character. And so she was having her 70th birthday party, so she decided to have a pottery-making party. So there we are. We were all supposed to make this piece of pottery. Now, I am not an artist at all, and, uh, you know, of a crafty person particularly, but I love Barbara. So I decided I'd make an open-to-hope cup to, you know, drink out of what I do the radio show. So I'm while I'm puttering away trying to make this cup, I'm talking to the woman next to me who actually owns the pottery place and is kind of cheering me on. And I said, you know, I, I'm just not great at this. And she said, uh, well, you never know. She said, let me tell you. She said, sometimes as a potter, I've made these uh, items, and I don't, I don't, you know, I love them, and I think they're going to be so great. And I go to put them in the kiln, which is, you know, the oven, and uh, the oven's too hot, or I leave it in too long, or I forget it. And then I open the kiln, and I take it out. And sometimes it is beautiful and is something I didn't even think I'd ever produce. And she said, that's called the gift of the fire. And I, many of you may know that my son and his cousin were killed in a fire. They were burned to death. And I thought about that, and I thought, wow, the gift of the fire. And what a gift the fire has given us in that it's never worth it to have lose a family member. But there are gifts that come from it. And one of the gifts that we've received, the gift of the fire, is being able to do this radio show and talk to you folks out there and to meet people like Gary Stokes. So, Gary, I want to welcome you with that gift of the fire on the show today. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Well, I met Gary at Quantum Leap, which is a program for um, advertising, right, Gary? What would you call it? <laughs> marketing. Training for marketing. Marketing. A marketing program with uh, our friend Steve Harrison. And I met him, and he has a wonderful book called Poise, A Warrior's Guide. And one other thing I want to talk to Gary about is the fact that you folks out there have, when you've had a loss, you have a loss, what I want to call your center, your grounding, your whatever, and Gary maybe would call it poise. Is that what you'd call it, Gary? Yes, I would, yep. So, oh, I was just going to say uh, we could talk uh, in terms of hope, Gloria. I think we... If we talked about the highest level of consciousness, 
that we can achieve, uh, I think the good news is that there are people on this earth who have achieved a level of consciousness where they don't lose their voice, no matter what happens. So even death can't throw these people off their composure, balance, and sense of equanimity. Right. Okay. And so getting to that level, but what if I've, I'm already fallen apart and I have lost my poise? Then it's too late, of course. I mean, if we're, in a way, it's too late because now we're in the trough. We are battling. We are paying the tremendous price we pay when we lose our poise. And, you know, when we're poised, we're, we're able to be present in the moment. We're able to be joyful in the moment. We're able to be connected to everybody and our beautiful earth, we're able to be grateful, we're able to be creative, we're able to be light-hearted. But when we lose our poise, and if someone, a beloved one, dies, and we, we lose those capacities when we lose our poise, then we pay this terrible price. In other words, slipping out of poise, it was bad enough that our loved one is no longer here. Now, though, we can't enjoy life. And we make bad and we make bad decisions. Right. And our potential for the time being evaporates. And worst of all, we've lost access to our love. Now that last one may be kind of, kind of a, invite some controversy, Gloria. But in my experience, people who lose when we lose our poise, we don't have much to give, and usually we don't have anything to give. So I say, at that time, we've lost access to our love. Right. And I know you say in the book that separation is the most painful, is really uh, uh, so painful. And, and I think that is absolutely true, that separation from your your loved one. You know, I just recently had a cousin die that I'm very, very close to, Belle. And, you know, she was a very artsy person and actually did a lot of TV and that kind of thing. And, you know, I have decided not to lose her. I have decided that she will be part of what I do when I produce these television shows I'm doing. And I now call on her to help me. You know, Gloria, I think that's a fabulous example of staying poised because you're able to stay, you've been able to stay present, connected to her. You're still grateful. You're creative. You've decided to use this in a creative way. And... I, I don't hear that you are heavy-hearted, so you, you have maintained your poise. You know, and that's interesting, and I wonder if maybe the reason that I have been able to do that and feel good, at, quite joyous about it, and I will tell you, I was very close to her, talked to her daily, is because of the loss of my son so many years ago, I learned so many lessons. That first loss that you have can be a huge shock for those folks out there. And that's why I like, um, you know, Open to Hope and what we're doing, because I think people like me and other people who had profound loss are such exemplifiers for people who have had new loss that it, it does shake you, Gary. You do lose your poise for a while. There's just no way, no way around that first loss. I don't know. It, it just feels like that to me. And so death, uh, paradoxically, in spite of the great pain that you described, the suffering we have, if we're not ready, if we're really not ready for death, we know that everybody's going to die in, on this earth. We all have the same ultimate fate, uh, but we sort of forget it. And then when someone dies, we move into this uh, sometimes awful suffering. 
And so now what? Uh, we have to, I think now death has become our advisor. We didn't invite death in at this moment to advise us. But if we ask ourselves, well, what, what is uh, offered here? What is the opportunity for learning? What must I learn to exit this suffering? I love that idea, what must I learn, rather than saying, I'm a victim of the suffering, what is it teaching me? And it, it, it's a little while, I think, before you can do that, particularly with a profound loss like a child. It, it takes a little while to do that. But, you know, one of the things, Gary, that I, I really kind of annoys me a little bit about being um, a bereaved parent early on is is the world says, oh, now you got to get therapy or something because you're a bereaved parent. Uh, we can't handle this. This is way bigger than... It, that's not the case. The case is you don't have to handle it. You just have to sit with people. And you have to live it yourself that first year particularly. And, you know, uh, they don't have... Bereaved parents don't have to have therapy. Um, you know, they don't have to do that. I mean, you can if you want to and people find it useful. Great. But the reality is you got to live it and you're going to have to go through it. Yes, and uh, and it would be helpful if if we could if if we have enough consciousness when all that happens, we'll realize that there is a learning that's being offered here. And now, if we turn away from our self pity, away from our victimhood, as you said, to what is to be learned, we'll see that's what's causing. We'll see ultimately that what is causing our suffering is our self pity. And it's not something outside ourselves. Now, this is a terribly difficult journey. I don't want to, I don't suppose that anybody uh, listening to us will think that this is easy. And of course, it's extraordinarily difficult because I think that people tend not to learn about their self pity even without death. You know, just going through an ordinary set of challenges in life where people suddenly fall into self pity and victimhood start blaming others, blaming life, rejecting life, and so on, all the things we do when we feel sorry for ourselves. Uh, this is endemic. This is endemic in the human species. This is kind of, let's say that this sort of defines our current human evolution. Right. You know, you know the thing is, um, I think that a really profound loss is, is it's the yin and the yang it is a tremendous opportunity for huge personal growth that can take you to amazing places i look at it like a door that is closed that death happens I'm going to say the death of a child because it's my experience. The death happens, that door slams in your face that you thought was going to be the life that you were going to have. It's got locks on it, is how I see it, and you need to open those locks through forgiveness, through self-understanding, through all these things. And when you get them open, there is a fabulous land beyond you that is amazing, so I think it's it is the, the opportunity. What do they say? Crisis is also an opportunity. Yep, I love the way you describe that. So, uh, but of course, if someone is in the depth of suffering, in other words, we're going to experience death dependent on the consciousness we happen to have at the time. Don't you think we we have? I, I do, because as, as I said to you, with my cousin, I've really felt integrated with her. So I'm not, 
I'm not suffering like you I have, have in the past. You have learned a great deal about yourself and about how you create your life by the time your cousin dies. And I, right, exactly. And so now I think at that point, then we realize, oh my gosh, uh, lots of people in my life are going to die, and there are people dying all over the earth every second. And uh, the only reason I, I don't fall into uh, sorrow about people halfway around the earth dying, although I may, you know, in a documentary about Africa or, or as an article or a book, I may think, oh my gosh, there's a lot of suffering there, and I care about that. But it's uh, kind of interesting, though, you think that we don't react very strongly to most death, which is occurring constantly. And, and right, exactly. And we, don't, we don't understand our own death. We don't use death as an advisor in our own life, so we there are things in life that we reject, but if we did use death as an advisor every moment, we wouldn't reject anything, because we death teaches us that we have no time. There's no time for crap, you know? There's no time for complaints. Right, There's exactly. There's no time for arguing with life. Life is fabulous, and that's what death has to offer. It's I love that, Gary. I think it is so great. You know, my not only, I mean, I don't want to sound too cheerful about it, but not only did my cousin die this year, but my brother also died, my first sibling to die, and my brother-in-law. And, um, you know, I love to get together with my sister-in-laws and all that kind of thing and talk about my brother. And, you know, they were older, and my brother was um, 78. My brother-in-law was 82. You know, life has to go on, and we have to hold those people in our hearts. We don't have to give them up. Yes, I love that. Yeah, so where did they go? You know, as far as your consciousness is concerned, they didn't go anywhere. You're, right. I've got the whole memories. You're yeah. still present the whole thing. with them. I'll go back to the elements of poise. You are present with them because you have them in your consciousness right now. Right, exactly. Well, Gary, I want to tell people that they ought to get your book, Poise, A Warrior's Guide, because um, it's and you are a pioneer in the human emergency to live a vibrant life of joy and practical Now. Uh, advice is in this book. Now, you also do coaching, don't you? I do coaching, yes. Um, and people can go to my website and uh, find out about that. The website is thepoiselife.com, and they can find a book on Amazon.com. And yeah, for, for selected people, I, I don't, I'm not talking about doing therapy, but yes, I do coaching for people who are kind of interested in the level of exchange you and I have had about poise and, and about the, its possibilities. Uh, I'm interested, I do coaching with people who are kind of wanting to take the last steps with all that. Right. So if you've, you know, it, it takes time, folks. If you've had a loss this year, you got to live it. I say you have to live it. The second year can be worse than the first. And, and that's really a paradox because the reason is that it's worse is because you're getting better and you're starting to say, oh my gosh, this is going to be my life. And then you go into the third year where you say, okay, things are coming along. And maybe the fourth year you're saying, okay. And then as time goes on, you may be willing to say, okay, to life again and, and look at your poise and, and say, what am I going to be doing? And open that door to the, the life that's waiting for you. I'm telling you, you have got an amazing life sitting there waiting for you. And uh, just to discover, and if you need a, a hand to walk with you, I think Gary's there for you, right, Gary? 
All right. Hey, thank you so much for being on the show today. And uh, sorry you won't be at Quantum Leap uh, uh, this month, but uh, I hope to see you again someday or hear about you or connect up with you. It's been a pleasure, Gloria. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.